Thanks for joining us for the next episode of Beers and Careers. Uh, as always, hosted by our favorite sponsor, the Davis Companies. For all your staffing solutions, give Davis a ring, www.daviscos.com. That's D-A-V-I-S-C-O-S.com. Today's guest is actually from our favorite sponsor. Uh, it's the CEO of the Davis Companies, Bob Davis. Thrilling story. Uh, I mean, I'm certainly biased as I work directly for the man, but um, great story. Left high school in 10th grade and uh, now is uh, sitting atop, although he would never say atop, a CEO of a $50 million plus dollar company um, with serious growth aspirations and, and momentum into the next year. So um, really cool story. We hit a lot of stuff. Leadership was a, a real common theme here. Um I know I could probably have gone anywhere with Bob, but I feel like leadership was a great one to pull out. He's got so much uh, experience, and 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 the, my favorite part about it was um, it's not the Wharton MBA uh, leadership experience. It's someone who's done it and without all the textbooks. So hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did having it, and uh, enjoy. Crack a beer. Ready. Crack a beer. Are we on right yeah, now? Yeah, we're, we're, we're live. We're live. Oh, we are live. I'm not getting any feedback in my headset. Right. No, yeah. Are you sure? Well, yeah, welcome to Beers and Careers. Beers and Careers. Yeah. Here we go, guys. Uh, well, thank you for joining today. The guest is our fearless leader at the Davis Companies, Bob Davis, um, oh. and his beer of choice. His Bud Light. His Bud Light, <laughs> which is kind of your beer of choice, but I, I always had you as a Coors Light guy. Now I was a Coors Light guy for a long time, but uh, but somewhere along the line, and it had to do with the, probably a sandbar okay, you know, transition. Yes, that just said that uh, could have been the kids' influence. Kept buying Bud Lights. Of yeah, Bud Lights, and it just acquired taste. <laughs> it was in you know? the fridge. Yeah. What was in the fridge? That's yeah. Perfect. It was like, what's in the fridge? Now what's in the fridge is all these one-off beers mm-hmm. that I can't stand. And <laughs> it's like, nobody drinks them. Milk, chocolate, I, stouts. I think that they're beers that you take to, you know, to be polite. <laughs> and it's like, I don't want this crap in my refrigerator. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I end up with it all. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, I love it. I love, well, I think this is, uh, of all the guests we've had on, you're one of the people I know, probably one of the best. And I think this is a perfectly, this beer is metaphorical for Bob Davis because it gets the job done, but it's humble. And I think that's kind of, uh, for at least me in my career, like you've always been a, a humble and not like uh, flashy or that type of CEO. So I think that this is a perfectly fitting wow. homage that way. <clears throat> cool. I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I, I, also feel, I mean, and when I mean that, I think... Uh, as a young guy growing up in our business, it was one of those things where it wasn't weird going into the CEO's office, which I think when I was in college, I would have been like, that's probably untouchable. You wow. know what I'm saying? So yeah. That's what I mean by it. Yeah. I don't know. I uh, What do they say? You manage the way you'd want to be managed. Right. Right? Right. So I, uh, I could never picture myself working for anyone that I couldn't walk in their office. Yes. I, I just, it. that, I... Um, it's probably why I ended up working for myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's totally You're right. Fair. That's uh, probably is a, a part of that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. That's a good place for us to probably start then. So yep. do you uh, like, can you give us a, uh, for folks that don't know, Bob is currently the CEO of the Davis Companies, but can you give us maybe a quick elevator pitch, three minute version of how, you, career? Got, how you got to here? You know what? I can remember... Um, I remember my um, riding in the backseat of my parents' car, and we were talking about careers, and and I, I I remember this very vividly, saying, you know what, I I know I could do a job that I would have to um, use my back for, but I think I have a good brain. I think I have something to offer. I want to I want to do something where. I use my brain, and I was pretty young for me to be in the back of my parents' car. I had to be. I started driving when I was 13, so <laughs> I, I had to be pretty young. <laughs> so um, I was in my teens easily then. And okay. I think it kind of, um, you know, somewhat of a circuitous route to get to where I was. I ended up working uh, 
getting a job, my first professional job. And, you know, ironically, the CEO and I, would, I, I was closest to the CEO of the company. Mm. But unfortunately, he told me to sit down probably one too many times at, uh, in a couple meetings. And I just felt like, well, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, I, I have more to offer than that mm. and ended up starting the, this company. Mm. So I don't have a lot of journey between the time that I went to work in a professional environment and I started the company about five years. Right. So that was the uh, that was my journey There's through there. um, professional wearing a white shirt and using my brain. So yes. I'm not sure. You know, it was a quick. I, I was a quick study, I guess. <laughs> that works. Maybe that worked. Well, yeah, I think you. you uh, sounds like you were confident and trusting your gut from the kind of the get go. Um, I kind of felt like I had. I, I think at the end of the day, when I look back at my strengths. Um, I'm a bit of a problem solver. It's you know it's just an innate part of me. So uh, at that time, I didn't recognize that that was an innate part of me. Mm -hmm. So I think I was immediately well, like I'll give you an example. One of the big um, one of the big issues between me and the CEO was I was trying to get at that time, which was eighty um, nineteen eighty two. 1983, I was trying to convince him that we should computerize, and um, and he wouldn't have anything of it, and I, you know, and it, there was logically we were moving in that direction, and um, it just wasn't going to happen. But it was one of these things where it, we couldn't even talk about it, you know. Mm. So it was like, no, that's yeah, and that was just an example yeah, of that yeah. time. Which is that, ironic because now yeah. you're sitting here on a podcast in your own office. Yeah, right. Supporter of technology. And he's, yeah, yeah, right. he, and he's laughing his ass off at me. He, yeah, right, right. So, uh, so anyway. That's too funny. Yeah, that is, very that funny. Is too funny. So, so throughout the your journey, though, from a career standpoint, that was, again, See, I think my listeners will agree with me that you're modest because you just kind of glossed over uh, 35 years of running a company as part but, of your career because I imagine you must have worn um, many different hats. Yeah, I right? mean, it's... We uh, weren't always sitting in a building that we no, purchased. No, it, it literally was... Um, you know, I don't ever remember... Um, I never remember having it be so clear of a plan. Right. That um, that I was sitting analyzing over what to do next, or um, you know, the, we're not going according to plan. I need to go to Plan B. Mm. Um, I think I was always very much a Joe Frazier, Muhammad Ali fight, where I was Frazier. I just had my head down and I was going to muscle my way through it one way or another, mm -hmm. and. Um, yeah, and I, uh, um, uh, clear, mm -hmm. you know, clear in mind as to, okay, this is, you know, I don't need to be looking five years out. I need to get through my next, you know, three months and mm -hmm. six months and right. then, you know, paint that picture. So, um, you know, that, that like the... Uh, the heaviness of a uh, of a three five year plan to to uh, be obligated to wasn't necessarily in front of me at that time. Mm -hmm. It was more about, you know, what can I do right now? How can I grow right now? How can I how can I move the company? What's the safest play? What would be the thing that undermines us? Mm -hmm. You know, um, just looking ahead. You know, how do I prevent myself from X? Right. And and plan accordingly. Did so. you in the early years? Mm -hmm. Who was your sounding board for those questions, or was it just you? It really was. I mean, I I certainly uh, we had a great team. Yeah. You know, Andrea was uh, early on with us, and we had a good collaborative team always. Right. Um, no, and a lot of common sense people yeah. always. You know, helping with good, clear decision making. But um, yeah, I don't. I, I 
early on, I had roundtables that we uh, we had, uh, joined as a company um, that I would so attend. Like other businesses, you mean locally? Yeah, or? other yeah. other yeah. CEOs. Yeah. And at the time, you know, I kind of felt like I was above my head um, in regard to what I brought to the table, mm. and um, and uh, the rest of my peers. So. You know, I quit high school in 10th grade, mm -hmm. so uh, never went back to school. I got my GED and did do some college-level courses, but I never, you know, I never, that's the highest education that I had. Mm -hmm. So that never really, that, you know, it's kind of funny. I had to learn how to do percentages mm -hmm. when I started the business. Right. Yeah, just to give you an idea right. of, like, okay, I'm really, really... Uh, <laughs> a little, little uh, catching up to do here. Um, Self-educated myself a thousand percent with regards to my knowledge of Excel, and um, which happened to be Lotus One Two Three at the time. Um, they, um, that you know, just a micro. Thank God that that the word processors had you know sp spell check. Yes, yeah. uh, greatest invention of all times. <laughs> best invention <laughs> so um, so it was the roundtables really exposed me really exposed my lack of education and because we would have to um, you know we would have to uh, come up with narratives on written narratives and, and I just didn't I, I was dealing with people that were you know certainly uh, had their masters, undergraduate masters, and some doctors, um, and I was my worst enemy at the time. Looking back, I was I was an idiot about it. I put so much pressure on myself when I didn't have to. Mm. But um, but you know that was uh, um, so roundtables, um, and then as the company grew, uh, it really. Uh, it was really the talent within the company that kept us going and mm -hmm. reading yeah. what was happening in, in our market, right. understanding what's going on. Just owning the education of, of what it. you needed to be uh, up to speed on. Yeah, just trying to be as current as I could be with the way things were changing. What was really obvious is we're in an in industry of change. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was, you know, the the my education was irrelevant compared to the decisions that needed to be made on a day-to-day -day basis, which right. had more to do with what was my current knowledge of the, today's market, the, right. the today's conditions. Right. Had nothing to do with that, and my decision-making had nothing to do with my education. It had to do with who I was. Yeah, so, that's, um, funny. that's funny. It's funny because I think, uh, although, you know, you, you were big on trying to get your the, the first place you work to become more technologically advanced and computerized, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. But don't do you almost feel like you've been in the business? You've been in the business almost forty years. Forty. Yeah. Forty this year. It, but it's almost like that. As long, uh, the ways in which you've got the information, I'm sure, have changed. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you know, you're not mailing resumes anymore. Right. Right. And and you're not. Uh, the fax machine came and went, right? But yes. like, but right. like, the common threads are all still there. Like, you still, from a from a leadership and decision making standpoint, sure, mm -hmm. you might be digesting our periodicals in our industry through email and websites as opposed to them mailing out to you. But you still had to stay just as current to make your decisions. Yeah, I um, I, honestly, I I think this industry is a generation away yeah. of of losing that education mm. uh, because of the technology and the way things have evolved in our industry um, we've lost uh, I should say we're losing the relationship piece mm. of our business which in my time was the only way that you could survive mm. if you didn't have if you didn't have a rapport with a customer that you were in well invested in um, or an app, your applicant community, um, there was just no way to stay in touch on a regular basis other than 
um, transactional phone calls, right. which you would never survive right. in that time. Mm -hmm. You would never. It was, the people that made it in my time through the 80s and 90s were people that knew how to maintain a relationship with a group of people uh, on a regular basis, uh, create a brand that uh, with those people and um, and have it be of value mm. for them. Mm -hmm. The technologies come to the point where it's created uh, it's situations where we don't even have to pick the phone up right. anymore between text messaging right. and email and in-mail. Um, we can avoid it completely. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, it's, it seems to me in today's time that one of the biggest struggles is actually picking the phone up, knowing you're going to have a conversation with somebody and feeling comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. And not, if you had to wing it, is that's that's pretty intimidating for yeah. some of the youth in our in our business right yes. now, which is crazy, right. crazy when you right. think about that's you know that's what we do. Mm -hmm. You know we're we're recruiters. Mm -hmm. We should be comfortable as all get out on the phone mm -hmm. in a conversation. I'm smiling because you just triggered, you know when someone's talking to you and you're like, it triggers a random memory in your brain that you probably haven't thought of and well, since that happened. Right. I remember, I, you saying that, like the intimidation of a phone, literally brought me back to like, I know where it was in my old kitchen in my house and my mom used to make us make phone calls. I, like when we had something, we had to call someone back. It was like, and you know like sometimes your mom could have called back for you when you were like, Let's call you us ten. I have no idea how old right. it was. Right. And I remember her like writing down like the cadence of like, well, first state your name and like why you're calling. It might have been like a health form, right? And I remember like when you said the intimidation factor. I yeah. remember like being like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm gonna call someone on the phone. Um, do you think, in that regard, do you think that the buyers of our industry as well? while we're on the topic of staffing, which we mm -hmm. both clearly have a passion yeah. for, have, have accelerated that. And what I mean by that, what I mean by that, making it a non-relationship business, because I, you know, oftentimes now the biggest companies in the world look at staffing or, or people sometimes often as a commodity, right? It's managed in a system, no relationships with managers, no points of contact other than the one. Like, do you think, do you think that will change, or do you think that's going to continue in the, in the direction it's gone? Well, think about what you just said. I would think that that would make somebody that's a non-relationship person feel good about where the industry's going. Right. The simple truth is, I don't care who you are, you have a relationship with someone. Right. You have a favorite. Right. You know, whether it's Always. a child, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, man, who's right. that? Yeah. <laughs> No, I, 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 Brendan is my favorite <laughs> oldest son. He clearly is my favorite oldest son. Um, it's serious. Yeah. If, ever, yeah. if we, you know, if we want to believe that yeah. the, that our these folks at even these Fortune 100 companies mm -hmm. don't have a relationship with someone, right. we're crazy. Yeah, that that's so that's a cop out on the requirement to get the relationship. Mm -hmm. And it, the difference between the two is how hard are you willing to work for it. Yeah, it's that you know how hard and and it, having a relationship in the, in a business that you can get by having a transactional having it be transactional is extra effort. Mm. It just requires it's it's like going a little further than the average person's going, so you can kind of get away with it, an acceptable kind of yeah. norm, without it. So the people that are that are are going to excel in our industry in the future are the ones that recognize that in order to make it, in order to be special with our clients, mm -hmm. we have to act special. Mm. We have to do special things. Mm -hmm. And that means we have to think about them when it doesn't involve money. Mm. We have to take the time to record what was important to them, what their child's name was, mm -hmm what their dog, type of dog they have, what right. sports team they love. It, you know, it has, we have to, it has to get personal. Mm. And if that's, if that, if you're not a person that's capable of that, then I don't think 
I don't think you're going to be good in our business from yes. a relationship perspective. You might be good from a transactional, if just sheer numbers, mm -hmm. just throw, throw sheer ratios to it, and you'll probably get by. There's a certain amount of hits. Right. Do you think yeah. has with the wave of technology making things more impersonal? In reality, like I think it's almost to your point, we're a generation away from. From losing it. From losing it. Uh, it's funny, I was at an a economic breakfast the other day, and the keynote was talking about how his daughter had a sleepover. She might have been like 14 or 15, and he had to go in the room and tell the, he thought he was going to have to tell the girls, like, hey, time to actually go to bed now. And they were all texting each other in the same room. In the same room. And so I think to myself, as a, someone who uh, plans on being around for a while, is it, what about the hiring? of those folks like do you think it's harder now to hire in our business because relationships are less important in the marketplace not in our marketplace but i mean in just the way people perceive things today in, so, a, in an instant <clears throat> gratification world yeah not to be negative about it I no no it's um honestly that's my job right that's my job right. is to make sure that i impress upon this next generation that I mentor, yeah. this next generation to understand what's really valuable. Mm. I mean, anyone can see, you know, hey, if I put this ass in that seat, yeah. I'm gonna get paid for it. Right. You know, that's easy to understand right. what that is. But how you did that is the hard part. How you got a, went about doing that, and if you just rely on sheer analytics of our business mm -hmm. let me make a bunch of phone calls mm -hmm. I'm bound to stumble across something yeah. um, there's a bunch of applicants all I got to do is go to a job board mm -hmm. and hit the right guy send that guy boom mm -hmm. it's a done deal and guess what I'm making money yes that you know that's one end of the spectrum the other is I have a drawer full of people that I have a relationship with that's close and understands who I am that I can call on and say, hey, John, I have a brand new client, really important. I'd love to make an impression on them. Um, they have a rec open. I don't have anybody for it. I know you're interviewing. And have you seen anyone that kind of fits this position? And because of my relationship with them, they're happy mm -hmm. to refer someone that maybe they didn't hire. Mm -hmm. But it, I, And that, that's just a, an example of all the work that was done for that was an investment of months, if not years, worth of relationship building and maintaining. And this generation, if they don't understand that, if they don't understand the value of that, it's gonna, they'll, they'll, they'll stop in our industry for a little bit and go, oh yeah, I used to do recruiting. I used to, right. yeah, I used to do that. Um, yeah, I tried it, that was interesting. That when I realized how but important- it was a job. Not it was, a career. It was, yeah, it was a job. It was a place I stopped right. along the way. Right. Um, it did my career. I, this didn't become my career until I absolutely recognized the importance of the relationships. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. It became a career for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it was something that I probably, I mean, so I'm on almost year 10 in our industry now. And mm -hmm. I think I, was fortunate to have got there naturally and probably through some of the tutelage of folks like you in our business. Hmm. But, but but I don't know if I like, if I fully recognized what I was doing at the time. Yeah. You know, because I wanted to just build relationships to a degree. And But more and more of when I hear you talk and we talk about this thing, I, like the one thing that I impart on the people that I'm responsible for in our organization is like, this is when it stops becoming, I got to go to work and do my job. Right. And more like, man, I'm working towards something and building a career. Absolutely. Like, and I think that it's very hard to, like, have someone feel what that emotion is like, mm -hmm. you know? But I, but I, but that's where I, I mean, that's what's making me, the visceral feeling I have. Because if you find yourself in moments, I was at one last night with a, with a customer who's now a candidate looking for a job, and I found myself in a 
local bar, catching up for a beer to talk about his next move, and it's like, and he was talking about all these people that he thinks I should be introduced to, you know, that I wasn't expecting to go there for. I, I thought we were talking about something different, and right. I drove home being like, this is wild. I get myself into the wildest situations, and it's so much fun. Right, but like, right. But like, I, like uh. if you told, if I was onboarding someone and was trying to explain to them what their roles would be, right, and I tried to say, well, just get yourself into very weird circles of people <laughs> that you never thought you'd be in. Right. Don't take any of your clothes off. Just get in that weird situation. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, how did I get here? Uh, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's part of their journey right. in our business. I think, um, honestly, I think when you think about it, there's people that are naturally wired that way. My right. wife, for example, yes. Terry. She's just naturally wired yeah. to develop a rapport. I was thinking she might be a better podcast guest than you to yeah. talk about right. you. <laughs> she would get, she'd give us the actual non-humble version right. of what went on. Uh, but, but seriously, to this point, yeah. you take somebody like Terry, who yeah. is just a relationship builder, and yes. the people walk away, they, they didn't, she didn't sell them anything. Yes. She, they just want to do business with her, yes. right? So, so you take the new generation. And you go, okay, so what about the people that are in sales roles that aren't naturally that way? Mm-hmm. I think there's things that we can do to yeah. move them along, yes. to help them understand. No different than like knowing a shortcut to get to work. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's, it's just... Well, I think once you do it, right? It, it, like any, the human response, this feels good. The value of it. Yeah. The value of it then starts to make sense. And if you're paying attention, right. look, if after all of that, you don't see it, you really should change jobs. Yeah, right, right exactly. <laughs> right. It was just a like, You should go to a different industry. So so to, not to totally change it from a staffing-related conversation, because right. I could go that way forever with you, but like, ha, do you think because of that, has leadership always been, have you looked at leadership the same when you were starting the business, or maybe you got to more of a critical mass, let's say five or 10 million in revenue as a company, to now, have, have your thoughts on who you hire for leadership, who you bring on as leaders, has that changed at all? Or have you made some of those, do you still make the decisions in a similar fashion, to the, with similar criteria, I should say? I don't, and I don't mean yeah. like a checklist. Yeah, I am, um, and this is the part, I, I, I'm probably not as formalized as, yeah. as others in my position yes. at a company this size. Um, I honestly, as far as leadership and growth and mentoring, I think uh, I'm, a, I'm a habit that just won't break. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm a dog on a bone mm-hmm. with that. I, I just am always pushing folks to be better than where they currently are. To, mm-hmm. to, to, um, and I think I compare that to myself. Like I'm here, you know, quit school in 10th grade I'm you know I see myself as a dumb shit you know back Mm -hmm. then and just trying to get my act together and and I felt like shit man if I can do it you can do it I know Mm. that Mm. so and and being able to inspire someone to um, to be able to see really what credentials they bring to the table and that there are no limitations other than the ones they put on themselves Mm -hmm. then all my job is is helping them get there mm. and that's you know I'm not going to tell you I haven't been disappointed over the years with some people that you know just never took themselves serious enough to really invest the time and energy into being being what they could be mm. but I gotta tell you I got a million happy stories of folks that I got to work with that mm. were like this was awesome Right. You know, this was awesome. Right. You know, thanks for the time and energy, and and um, you know, and I, you know, it's great because they they brought great relationships. You know, I continue with those relationships. Mm. They're it's good stuff. Yeah. You know. Do you do you feel like though? It's it's. Do you feel like it's hard when you believe that? I mean, I almost got the sense that you believe it's everyone's capable of basically anything they want to do from putting their mind to it. You know, hundred percent. Like, yeah, if, but you can't run a solvent business that, with that with that attitude. No, I mean, I, do we hire every person we interview? No. I. So one of the hardest things for me to get through my head early on in in trying to develop people 
was the fact that some people don't, their limitations is their inflexibility to deal with their issues. Mm -hmm. And that, that, you know, where they're, they look in the mirror and say, um, you know, they say by their actions, they don't say the words, they say by their actions, um, you know, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 you know, I, they don't, I'm not even sure they understand what I'm saying. They just don't even bother to take the time to try to understand. Mm -hmm. And, um, like a self-reflection piece. Yeah. Being yeah. able to kind of look at the situation, mm -hmm. go, how can, how, what did I do that, um, could have changed the outcome of this situation better mm -hmm. as opposed to deflecting and defensiveness as to, you know, why it's, you know, someone else's issue or, right. you know, it's, it's right. just so limiting yeah. and you can see it right up till, um, I have to tell you, I've, I've, I've really got to work with some extraordinary people that I was very intimidated by in years over the years and only to find out where their Peter principle was, mm. you know, like that, where that Peter principle kind of came in and I could see exactly what their limitations were that truly, truly prevented them from going any further. To the next level. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, there's people you and I know that were completely limited by their mm -hmm. unfortunate because they wouldn't deal with a mirror. Mm -hmm. You know, they, the mirror does a good job. Yeah. yeah it does a good job when you really use it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you, so do you, when you're, when you're thinking about leadership in general, is there a, is there a trait that you think is most important? And leadership because I think there's a lot right there, like things that come to mind for me are self-awareness inspiration to it yeah hum, being humble to, yes. to, to be able to look in the mirror totally and, what you got to work on but I, like from your perspective is there relate you said you've only said relationships six um, times I, in I think minutes, so. the, the best the best people yeah. I, I the best people I've gotten to work with yeah um, are are humble mm -hmm. um, a, 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 an immense amount of introspect so okay. they they really do uh, put themselves in the in the middle of what's happening at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, empathetic, the empathy, being able to see through others' eyes, mm -hmm. is so important. If you can't emulate that situation, and truly feel the emotion of how this is playing out in their world, mm -hmm. that's a loss. That's a huge loss mm -hmm. for for your ability to be able to deal with the. Uh, with that situation, yeah. you know, end of story. Yeah. So it puts you, it almost blinds you. Mm -hmm. It's like you're, it's like trying to drive a car with your eyes closed yes. when you're, when you can't do that. Yes. And, and what I find, and this is probably one of the big limiting things for people is they don't even try. They don't even, it doesn't cross their mind to take the time to think about exactly how does this other person see this can you even argue their point mm. can you you know if they're if that's their response can you create a narrative that supports that response so you know what to do next right. that exercise unless you're wired you know or you're taking the time to think about that how could you how can you problem solve that right uh, anyway. yeah, honestly that i uh I see that so much. I, I almost see it's easier, I think as a newer manager, it was easier to be empathetic to things I witnessed because I could almost read the body language of people. Sure. And it almost like snapped you into like, oh man, I got to look at it through their eyes. Right. And then, you know, as my career has matriculated here, I now find out about situations secondhand or I'm not there for mm. it, right? And I, I think that's a, I think right. as a leader, that's a much different thing to diagnose. Sure. You know, almost like a totally different skill set. It's like one thing to problem solve when you're in the battlefield, sitting right. on the floor. You see someone, you, you you know that it rubbed that person the wrong way. And we, we, we kind of have similar styles to a degree where it's like, well, I'm going to call that out. I'm going to put everything out in the open because there's no need to sweep things under the rug. Right. But I think it's a different skill set when it's like, all right, I'm working from home today. Or something happened in a, in a I mean, you there's how, I don't know where we have to ten offices, yep. eleven offices. You you can't you can't be everywhere at once, oh. hearing everything that's happening. 
How many times? How many times have you heard me say, I'm, "Look, guys, I'm an arm's length from all of you. I am, yes. I, yes. I am, truly, you know, I, I can't be physically right where you are to understand that." Mm. And, and it is, it is the, it is such a significant limitation yes. of folks. Yeah. Um, do you think that that's a learned skill, or do you think you just have it? I think. I look. I think that when you when you get the taste of being kind, mm -hmm. and and it and it rewards you, I think you want to be more kind. Yes. I do. I, I think that yes. when you when you People taste, are good. yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that someone that is empathetic and it pays off. Mm -hmm. Call it selfishly. Say it. Right. Put, right. Say it. Putting money in their pocket. Right. I guarantee you it's not going to take long for them to recognize that, you know, the most insignificant thing from that exercise was the money in your pocket. Mm. The exercise of the value of what it gave you was mm. how to deal with your family, your children, your you know, people. Yes. So, okay. and, and influence, influence the situation. Right. You can't, can't do it without it. Mm -hmm. So... Or it's difficult. Yeah, or right. you become a dictator. You don't really care. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't. I don't give a shit about what. Everything's edict. Yeah. It's uh, why do I have to care what you feel? I just know what I want, and right. we're going to get there. Right. So, that's. Can you tell that to my two-year-old? <laughs> right. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be Can you tell that to my favorite oldest son? Or my, or my favorite youngest son? <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's um, too good. That's yeah. too good. Do you yeah. do you find one of the things that came up a few podcasts ago? We had Dean DeRazio on, who's the CEO uh, locally here. He talked about hiring leaders in smaller companies, and, I, and we're certainly a large company in our industry. I mean, we're not a behemoth, but we're we're certainly yep. we're in the top four percent from a revenue standpoint. But I, I would. I would still say the feel of our company is certainly a small company, right? We're interested sure. teams. And, I agree. You know, culture matters a, a lot, and, and I think culture, holistically, we've got a culture at Davis, and then, like any group of people, they form their own little mini cultures, which is, is totally cool, but when you've got a team that might, you know, let's say a leader turned over, or you need a new leader in a team, or something like that, what has been your approach to bringing a leader on to a team that's already let's say semi or, or firmly established, but doesn't maybe have someone on the team today. Like, do you have an approach for how you'd hire that person into the organization? Yeah, I don't, so what's gonna be, what's gonna be the, uh, t what's the, the current? What are you swimming against? Mm. That's my first thought, okay? okay? And I, it probably isn't my first thought, it's I just go instinctively in that direction. Okay. Um, so I'm not thinking what's the current, but yeah. the fact of the matter is, what is what's what are my obstacles that I have to overcome with this? What are the points of failure? And it's always going to be adoption by the team. Mm. So you have two ways to do it. You can go, look, guys, <laughs> I've picked your new boss out for you, and this is the guy, and you're going to have to believe in the in my word, right. and let's go from there. Um, I probably could count on one hand how many times I've done that and I'd have a hard time even thinking of yeah. one. I was going to say that sounds but, a little bit more like the dictator way we just talked about. Well there's times I think where because of the dysfunction of the group depending on how you know it all happened yeah. I can think of one particular time now that I'm thinking about it in our company that that happened to one of our divisions we just let it go too long and it got out of control and mm -hmm. um and it required someone to come in, put their big boy pants on, right. and make a decision. Right. So, but aside from extraordinary case like that, group buy-in, understanding yes. what the challenges are, let's deal with the issues honestly, and um, and you know, as a team, let's go solve the problem mm -hmm. as a team. And it, and and I'm probably, you know, whatever the biggest dissenter was in the group. You know the most difficult one. I'd probably have that person front and center, mm. right in the right mm -hmm. up front, having to deal with um, and expose if they were being unreasonable the, yeah. the those issues mm -hmm. to get it. You know to get that to move. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
in that in that world, collaboration, you know, and the understanding that we're going to hire someone into that spot, matters. you know, honesty and it really matters. It's so important yeah. for that to happen. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think it's. Uh, I think what's interesting is when you see people on teams. I think there's a lot of people that come into any organization when you get into the business world, do you want to be a leader or a manager? And sometimes for the wrong reasons. I mean, and that's okay. Like, and I don't know if I knew everything that was expected of a leader at 23 years old, right? Like, because my experience was sports teams and mm. you know, it, it, it's a little different. I don't think it's tremendously different. I think there's a ton of that translates, but but I, I often see a lot of people that I would say have all similar skills to what you're talking about. They are empathetic. They can read a room. They can see it through other people's eyes and they're hungry. But I think there's like, it's one thing to recognize that that bothered that person. It's another thing to do something about it. Do bring it out and all into the open. I think that's a, uh, mm. that's a, new, I mean, it's nuanced. It's a nuanced point. But you're, you, what made me think of it is you're saying the person that's the dissenter, you're bringing them to the front of the room, the front of the conversation, which would be like, you know, you and I have riffed on Let's sure. own these five dysfunctions of team and mining for conflict. Right. I mean, that, I mean, is that's that, it. That's it to a T. Yep. Um, yeah. But I think that's quite the courage to do that, or the confidence. Yeah. To do it is an interesting point. A courage of the person, like. Yeah. Right. Because how many times? I mean, that's a lot of times it happens when the person isn't really a named leader. So, so that's a really that's a funny analogy. Not funny. Uh, interesting for me. Because it's not. It is just, this is why I started this company. Because in my last company, I, they, they were not receptive to, you being outspoken to, to me having an opinion. Mm -hmm. They weren't receptive to, to me having possibly a better idea. It didn't mean that you had to do everything I said. Mm -hmm. But shit, man, like I'm not stupid. Right. You know, like, right. and and I know enough that it's worth a dialogue, you know, to to be able to get to that point. So, mm -hmm. like I said, manage the way you want to be managed. I assume yeah. that everyone else feels that way too. Right. So, mm -hmm. if I was them, how would I want to be managed? And right. and the truth is, you know, I I think as I've gotten older, the word manage, and manager has become almost a negative. Word. It really has become a negative word for me. Yeah. Um, the def in, my, in my world, the, the definition between uh, leadership and management is, uh, it's just there's such a distinction between the two. And I, you know, uh, I find that we have managers at our clients in light industrial, low-income uh, environments that are that are uh, tr like um, hourly oriented you know work a day kind of an employee but the you know as you grow through that scale you know, we, you know those it's it's almost like that's an acceptable way to function you know I don't want a relationship with you I want you to do what I tell you to do put these many widgets on the conveyor belt and then go home, mm -hmm. you know? But, you know, as you move along and, and you start to deal with um, kind of like intellectual decision-making and, and uh, your feel, just what your belly tells you, mm -hmm. um, I think leadership comes to, you know, comes into play. Yeah. And I, um, you know, that, I think that's, to me, that's what we're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, yes. is that yes. understanding that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because from a staffing environment, uh, I feel like in our IT, our engineering, our high-level mm -hmm. professional roles, I mean, the leadership of the man, the hiring managers, right? I mean, what our goal is to build relationships with hiring managers. Correct. The sales right. I mean, the quality of that person as a leader matters tremendously to your ability to succeed in the hire, but also them that make it long term. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean sometimes I that's the easiest way to is sometimes they do the job for you in an interview. Because mm -hmm. they're like, I gotta work for her. Right. She's she's electric. Yeah. And charismatic and I'm gonna grow. Right. And then 
you know, other times it's like, whew, I wouldn't touch that job for the ten foot pole. Right. But the rate is good and all that. So I just think it's it's the uh, it's the X factor. Yeah. That we don't talk a lot about even in our own industry. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's so clear in my mind yeah. which one I'd want to be. <laughs> right. Right. I don't. Yeah. There's no question. I'm. I was. I was not. I was not meant to. I was never good at telling people what to do, mm. ever. Yeah. You know, it's right. just not a part not of my DNA. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. I. You know. I remember. Uh, I tried probably two or three different times over the course of my career to have an admin that supported me, mm. and <laughs> it just. It was just a joke. It was like a joke. It was like I. I, I think I. I made more coffee wrote more letters more <laughs> just uh i mean not your not your wheelhouse not my not wheelhouse i am not good at uh, you know saying here go do this for me <laughs> you know that that wasn't yeah just never and and then also at a time where i think culturally that mm. role became less yeah there, there's yeah. you just don't hear about that role as much as you right. used to right so well, you have outlook on your phone yeah, if you, yeah, it's yeah. crazy how plugged in you are. Right. Crazy. For better or worse. Yeah. yeah. Do you, I usually ask folks like along their career path, like, were there, was there a failure or a regret? Regret is such a strong word, but was there like a failure that you learned from? And I've almost endured in our mm-hmm. lot of conversations because we've gone down the leadership track so much. Like, yeah. is there like one as it pertains to like the, the leadership bucket that you're like, man, I would have done that differently or damn I'm not doing that again <sighs> well let's let's distinguish between uh, doing things the hard way mm. and and learning from that yes yeah I yeah. got a shitload of them <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I, got a, I got a shitload of them I do uh, but I will say um, I I'm proud of the fact that I learned from them yeah there's not many that we did twice yes some like this current thing that we're going through in discussions. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Only kidding. How did this become my one-on-one? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, regrets. Um, I, you know, uh, I thought I kind of thought that yeah. as as a question. I. Um, so probably here's a perspective. I think I learned two. I think I could have, I wish I had someone tap me on the shoulder and, and, and tell me earlier in my career, it's about the journey, dumb shit. Mm. You know, it's not about getting to the goal here. Mm. It's really about your day-to-day journey. Right. And I think there's been times where I've kind of missed out on, you know, uh, socializing more with my industry and... And um, and appreciating some of the some of the wins that we won along yeah. the way because I was too anxious to get to the next spot, you know, where we hit our goals and and I think there's a person in this room that reminded me that uh, you know we hit you know you yeah. might be on to your next goal but yeah. we hit ours yeah right <laughs> slow down yeah can we slow at least down. just stop and acknowledge that so. Yeah. I, I think I learned that a little too late in my career. Okay. Um, That's a, that is an interesting perspective. So Because I know you more. Like, one of the things, if someone was, like, to talk about you or your leadership style, if they were asking me about it, I found you to be, like, incredibly patient. Like, oftentimes when we're sitting down, you're like, dude, slow down. Right. Like, like A, you're not going to solve this today. Hmm. And so, is it, do you, does that patience come from that realization that it is about more about the journey at this point? And it's like, uh, because you're still driven. Mm. It's not like you don't want to hit goals. It's not like that hasn't changed. I mean, you still pick up new hobbies. You got new. There's always no, something next no. Thing honestly, want. no. I, I think that's probably. Uh, I think you. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. The, the patience thing, I think, is. Is a strategy. Okay. I do. With me? I, no, I just in general. Yeah. I, especially yeah. in today's time. Yeah. Patience is, yeah. you know, you're so far ahead of the game if you can just have it. Yes. You know, be able to take a deep breath, wind your watch, 
you know, and mm-hmm. and um, don't do anything stupid. Right. And we'll, you know, right. we're, our next step will be a good one, but yes. let's take our time to make it. Now, this that you know that that isn't it. It's it really mo- is more about the enjoyment. Mm. Like I had, I could have enjoyed the journey more. Not that I didn't have a great time. Yeah. But I think I, you know, I'm quick to remind people it's the journey now. Yeah. Because I think in my 30s and 40s. I was so, you know, we, I was so focused on solving immediate problems and dealing with issues and growing the company and the challenges and the frustrations and the, and the accomplishments, boom, 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 never to stop and just take a deep breath and just breathe yeah, in the, awesome. the ambience of it yeah, all yeah. and be like, holy shit, man, mm-hmm. who would have ever thought? I mean, my brothers and sisters thought I would be in prison by now. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, who would have ever thought, you know, just appreciate the journey. Yes. And that's, you know, I think that's, that's something that you don't want to be too old to discover that. Yeah, I get that. You know, so. I get that. I I mean, I, well, I don't, I don't know if I fully appreciate it, obviously, at 33, but I, this year, I I think I showed you, I started this journaling thing. Hmm. Well, it's really more like just an organizer planner, but at the beginning of the day, there's a little bit of a checklist, but it's like, what are you grateful for today? Right. I feel like that has helped me just like pause. Mm. Like my kids are healthy. It's a beautiful day outside, right? Like, I've, uh, at some level, my life rules. Like we all create our own issues, sure. and problems. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I love those facts. That's like if you make more than thirty grand, you're in the top one percent of the world. To become, you know, right. like it's just like stop right. and realize like we got it pretty good. Right. And that a lot right. of our problems are self-induced. Yeah. I yeah. think is a. Uh, I don't think that's exactly what you're saying, but I think it kind of... It helps. It helps a lot. It totally helps. Okay, like, that's all right. Understanding what really is first world issues. Yes. You know? Yes. Like, put them in, you know, like, you know, properly categorize it. Yeah, it puts it in the the right perspective. Yeah, right. How how do you deal then with, like, and this is kind of a funny question to ask you, don't punch me. Uh, How do you deal with... The Democrats? (laughs) 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 I'm trying to articulate the best way I can you are, are uh, you know one of the better mentors or coaches I've had but you, you're, you're, you're coaching people but you said when I asked you when I asked you the regret, regret question you kind of mm-hmm. went to like well there's a lot of lessons I worked really hard through and I would have like you know kind of done them a different way right how do you deal with that as a boss where you're like, man, I'm watching this person and I'm coaching them to avoid this situation, but they're going to make the same mistake. Yeah. I mean, they got to learn it the hard way because I can only say it, into, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear kind right. of mantra. But like, how do you deal with that all with, all with, you know, the fact that like we have, we have goals. Right. Well, um, way back when, Probably uh, when we were, um, when we were pretty, maybe 10, 12 employees total, um, and we had recruiters bringing in, you know, deals, perm deals, and and um, my experience in closing, helping close deals, you know, helping the applicants sort through mm-hmm. all the nuances mm-hmm. of changing jobs. You know, that's a, yeah. like, that's when you really... Yeah, and you need to be a counselor at that time, but you need to do all the homework Mm -hmm. of counseling long before you get to the time where they actually are holding an offer. Mm. You know, you can't just magically turn into a counselor now that money's on the table. Right. You you know, you you need to deal with that. So, So having, you know, having folks learn the hard way with that where, you know, how much do I step in and you know, for the sake of closing, helping this person put this deal together, um, you know, standing by and just saying, okay, this is, you know, I got to, this is, this is an investment in their learning curve Mm -hmm. and helping them get there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I could help and, and be effective. And other times I just had to stand by and let experience be the teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, uh, I think that in management, in running the company, those situations are a little harder because they tend to influence more people. Right. So, right. Um, 
seeing us seeing us kind of stumble, but yet um, you have consensus with you know a large group mm -hmm. that's got momentum in a particular direction. You have you literally kind of have to go okay, look ahead and mm -hmm. say what's the best way for me to navigate these waters, as opposed to say. Um, no, guys, I'm not yeah. going to let you do it. I'm right. sorry you don't understand it, but this is the way it's going to be. Right. You know, it's my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. um, probably could do a better job with that. I'm sure there's some some CEOs that would look at me and be like, come on, dude. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. You know make a decision. Yeah. You know, like don't, don't, you know, you know right. the right way to, th you know the right way to go. Right. I, so I probably summarize that like, you know, it, it, relative Balance to the relative to the organization, if you're going to break your ankle, you know, you're going to break right. your wrist. Right. I'm going to let you. Yeah. You know, if that's the way we have to learn, yeah. I'm I'm just not going to let you kill yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm going to, you know, yes, maybe keep you from breaking your neck. Yes, you know, but, I get that. So that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense because well, on the other side, it's annoying. Like a, like a, like anyone in their life, and I'm sure. sure you've experienced this. When someone tells you something a million times, right, and then you finally learn the lesson the hard way, you're like, God damn it! Exactly, exactly. How did I but get here, I I think that's what makes us human. Pay attention, Mark. Yeah. Yes. It's, yes. Right. It's what makes right. us that's, human. That's just part of that. Thing. Right. Yeah. If not, we'd be just a lemming. You're right. 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 So. And, then, and then the journey wouldn't be fun. Right. Sure. Okay. Right. Not as colorful. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, are you shocked that you're, you said it, like your brothers and sisters didn't think you were going to be here? Yeah. <laughs> Are you shocked that you're here? Um, yeah, I think when I pick my head up and it's like, yeah. well, this is, um, you know, this turned out uh, really cool. Yeah. Like this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, this, you know. Uh, being in our own building, finally buying buying our own building, and kind of at this stage of the game, that's uh, that's pretty hard. That's a pretty, um, you know, if I wanted to take the time to like yeah. wallow in that, yes. I I think that it's it's worth you know, doing so. I just think we have more to go, mm. you know. Yeah, I was gonna ask so, you. So, for a guy who's accomplished quite a bit, what keeps you what what gets you fired up every day to come back to work? at the thought of being able to buy a new snowmobile. <laughs> what about your most proud of yeah. <laughs> Winning the New Hampshire yeah. sled drag. <laughs> drag race. Yeah. Um, I, uh, it isn't about the money. It's not a, it isn't, it's about just the, the environment, the, mm. the development of uh, folks. And that sounds, God, if I heard myself say that, that would be, um, I'm not sure I'd believe it. So, <laughs> I, I, I really, but yeah. the truth is that yeah. at 64, yeah. I, you know, my best days are where I feel like I see the team really winning mm. and accomplishing what they, you know, what their goals, seeing the team hit their goals right. is like, you know, ecstasy for me. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Right. You know, it's, it's everything that I want. Mm. You know, that's, that's a win mm. for me. Yeah, which I mean is really leadership. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. I, um, yeah. Yeah. You know what I did? I when we, uh, I usually start with this, but I don't know. Right. Maybe since we're, I'm so used to talking to you, I just dove into the podcast. Yeah. Right. Got some rapid fires for you. All right. Give rapid fire. Rapid. The favorite cocktail or drink? Libation. Oh, yeah. It's gonna have to be um, Kraken. Rum. Yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, Rum, uh, well, Kraken, Kraken rum. Okay. Yeah, Kraken yeah. and uh, diet. Okay. It's uh, my drug of choice. Yes. It's, okay. it's not an alcohol. It's, yes. it's, it's I've done some of my best work <laughs> <laughs> under the influence of Kraken. I love it. I love, it. I love how you're so specific. And also, I think Kraken makes it just better. The fact yeah. that that's what it's called. It's Kraken. <laughs> it's, it's a big ass octopus right there. <laughs> how about your favorite curse word? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know that. That's a so, podcast favorite. Is it, yeah. is it? Yeah. It just comes out. I don't. <laughs> it I, I, uh, yeah. There, it comes out to some really bad times, too. Oh, but, I've been but, trying to, like, consciously. Uh, yeah. I've told the, the team I leave, I've been, like, working on it a little bit because right. I've got a four and two year old. 
Right. I'm trying to wheel it in, and then I'll leave a meeting, and I'm like, guys, I'm sorry, I'm failing. I'm right. Building, I swear. <laughs> ah, good. That's good. Good. Good spot to be. <laughs> trying to work on it. Right. Uh, how about your? I would want to answer this for you, but your favorite guilty pleasure. I think I know. Oof. Um. Well, I think it's seasonal for you. Ah. <laughs> uh, I don't. I yeah. Guilty pleasure. I'm not guilty about. Not something. guilty. Not yeah. but like your fit. Yeah. You know what. Yeah. I, I hate that question. I'm yeah. changing that question. Between, your, I'm, like, what's my favorite I run pleasure? this podcast, and I, and I wrote that question. Yeah, and right. I hate it. <laughs> what's your favorite thing to like do to not, that's not work-related? And I mean, you know, I think, obviously, spending time with your family. Right. But I'm thinking, like, your favorite activity to blow some steam off. Sex. Yeah, fair. Sorry, it's 60, 64, we still have it. <laughs> this podcast uh, has everything. Yeah, that's right. Not so get that, Brandon Patrick. Um, hey, uh, honestly, I'm still pretty active. So yeah. I snowmobiling's huge. Yeah. Flying, you know. Yeah, I thought you were gonna go flying and foiling. Flying, foiling, yeah. and uh, kiteboarding. I. Yeah. You know, that's a newly acquired... Foiling and kiteboarding. I mean, all typical things for a 64-year-old to be doing. Yeah. Ah, I think there, you're going <laughs> to find a lot funny. of 64-year-olds out there. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's... yeah. The foil board, though, is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's so cool. Yeah. It's the... Uh, it. Um, I was an addict this summer. It was great. great. It's good. I think it's good to get... Uh, I love getting into those new hobby things where you sink your teeth into something Obsessed. and get better at it. Yeah. It's like a good reminder that you can still teach yourself yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know? that you can still do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and especially new stuff where you get the um, other podcasts I've listened to. They've talked about the beginner's mindset. You know, like uh, when you learn something new again, it's like it's such a humbling experience. Right. I mean, I remember when you let me learn how to foil. Right. And it just being like, all I have to do is stand up on this freaking board, <laughs> and I can't do it. You know, it's well, just like, yeah. and, it, and it's not. I mean, ultimately, it was a half-hour exercise, but just yeah. To the get to that point, of that yeah, is, yeah, as well, right. Favorite um, quote? You got a favorite quote? Um, yeah, a couple. Uh, oh. When uh, you know, probably first, uh, uh, Mark nine twenty three. Jesus said unto him, uh, "Those that believe, all things are possible to him that believeth." Mm. So that's a ah. that's a keeper for me. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Walt Whitman's. Um, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. Yes, I think I'm that's a, that. so. No, so know when the student's ready. Mm. You know, that's mm. a, a key thing for me. Yeah. Um, those so, are good. Those yeah. are really good. That's some people are quote people and they're not. I find most people have something that they like. Yeah, I, I, live free or die. Freaking yeah, love that's not that. bad. That's not I love bad that one. one. That's not yeah. a bad one. Super so, American. Yeah. Um, do you have? Do you have? Like, when you think about, what was your first job, like, legitimate job? No, no, excuse me. When I say legitimate job, I mean just someone was paying you for it. I don't mean, like, your first professional job. You told us what that was. What's the first job you were doing? So you went, yeah. Um, Like, my first job was such a big job that I can't believe I did it. It wasn't, like, camp counselor? No, no. It was so big. Like, I'm not kidding. I'm not... This, this isn't about me. I just don't even know how I did it. What was it? I, a paper route. Okay. How old were you? I was in uh, fifth grade. Yes. So going okay. into sixth grade, I had 435 dailies. Whoa. 435 papers I had to deliver every morning before I went to school. Whew. And then um, on Sundays was like just under 500. Wow. 500 Sundays. How long did it take you to do like 400 whatever papers? I lived in an apartment complex, mm-hmm. so we had t- uh, four units, uh, yeah. a building. Yeah. So divide that number by four. Okay. That's how many buildings that I had to go in. Okay. So you still had to walk to all the buildings yeah. and ride your bike. and. Awesome. But then you had to collect mm. once a week. I had to collect you didn't the just money. You pay the person on Venmo? They didn't Venmo <laughs> back then. It's, it's, so... I I wow, remember yeah, sitting. That is. Uh, I remember sitting like, in my like bed. Ten or eleven, twelve, maybe. I don't know. I was. I was. Great. I think I was nine. Yeah. Okay. When I first got it, um, and um, and uh, I had that. My brother had 
one side of this area and I had the other. And the, between the two of us, we were the number one and number two paper routes in New Jersey. Wow. So um, for a, a number of years. And I, cool. I don't even remember what I did with the money. I never saved it ever. You know, it was always, yeah, I was always buying something. But um, but I think back at yeah. that and go, yeah, yeah, they used to have to drop the papers off in different spots so that when I ended, I, I could pick up the new yeah. package of paper, fold yeah. them, yeah. and then go deliver them. Wow. So that was my first job. That's pretty yeah. good. That's, pr that's really good. Yeah. There's I, a lot there that you could unpack. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the... The collection. I would never let my nine, ten-year-old go to this apartment complex right. in Camden, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, it just wouldn't happen. It just wouldn't happen. <laughs> right. yeah, not, not going to happen. Society has changed quite a bit. So, um, but first, um, no, that's good. That's what I was looking for. That's yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that's some serious discipline at an early age of getting in there too. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was before Paper school. Comes every day. Every day, <laughs> yeah. it was the Philadelphia Inquirer. Yeah, no days. Off. And um, it was every day. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. impressive. Well, um, here we'll end with this. What 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 would people find most weird about your daily routine other than Dope. your hour and a half commute? Uh, hour and a half commute. That's a good day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, weird. I don't know. I don't know um that's all right um you got nothing weird yeah I'm trying to think i'll tell you mine i always put my left shoe on before my right oh damn everything i do so that when you're taking the it there you're taking it there um you know like like just like kind of quirky i hang all my shirts so the collars face left do you everything my jackets everything never really that's only because you're telling me about your sock. <laughs> but I do only hang my my shirts to the left and coats and everything. But is that purposeful, or is that just because uh, I just notice that I do it? It's like one of those things that you notice you, you do. Uh, oh, I but should say I consciously put my left shoe on first. Huh. It's it's weird. Yeah. I have no idea. I think I won one hockey game as a little kid. Put my left skate on first, and I remembered it, and like. That's it. It like you know, it's just like well, it ain't broke. Uh, it ain't broke. Don't fix it. Like you, yeah. you do something weird before you get in the plane. So someone told me, I think it was Dan Horvath, told me that it was bad luck to put shoes on a table. Oh. So I never ever put shoes on a table. Okay. Ever. There we go. Yeah, that was. Uh, oh, just uh, looking for something. Quick. But I never thought of that. Yeah. But um, and if I do, if I'm forced to put shoes on a table, I turn them upside down. <laughs> so, I, that, with, yeah, there we go. So See, I, I knew there was a nugget. Yeah, there I don't, uh, yeah, never would have uh, guessed that. Well, yeah. Bobby D, I am glad we did it over an hour. Nope. Oh, I'm glad we okay. did it. It flies. Yeah, yeah. It totally flies. Yeah. That was great. It was um, good. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I think our folks, I mean, we hit le we hit leadership from about eight different angles, which I think oh. was awesome. And uh, appreciate you uh, we getting to do this. Yeah, awesome. I loved it. Thanks, I loved man. it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, well, be happy. We'll, we'll get you back on, maybe with Terry for some more. Uh, yeah, some that would be. Sandwich. Oh my gosh, I'll get one word in. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you guys. All right, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. All right, bud. Bye.